Welcome to the Circle 31 Podcast. I'm your host, Ayanna Robinson-Dixon, and on today's episode, I'll be speaking with Bethany Rogers. Bethany is a Christian author, and on today's episode, she's speaking to us about sharing our testimonies. Each one of our testimonies is important, and we should share them with others. We never know how God is going to use them. We also discuss emotional abuse. I found this conversation to be very encouraging and enlightening. Now here's my conversation with Bethany Rogers. Um, hi, I'm Bethany Rogers, and I am from LaGrange, Georgia. And my ministry that I use to spread the gospel of Christ is that I am a Christian fiction author, which means I write fiction but it contains Christian elements like characters pray. There's conversations that are centered around Christ and around the Bible. And um, everything is very Christ forward in my stories. Well, Bethany, we just want to welcome you and thank you for being a guest today on the Circle 31 podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So we, we want to just learn a little bit more about you, Bethany. Um, how did you get into writing? How did you become an author? Um, I've always enjoyed writing. Even when I was in kindergarten, I used to write little stories and staple books together. And it wasn't really something that I thought about using as a tool or as a ministry until I got older. I think, you know, maturity kind of allows you to see the gifts that God gives you. And then you obviously have a choice of how you're going to use them. And um, I'm just really glad that I got to use mine in this way. How did you make the shift in your mind from, you know, I love to tell stories to I'm going to tell stories to further the message of Christ. How did that happen? So when my son was born, there was a Casting Crown song that it really used to kind of get embedded in my brain and make me really think. And it was this song that was about this person that steps into the church and she's obviously kind of an outsider and she's not from the church and she's very unwelcomed in the church. And I started thinking about this, this girl and what that would be like, and what would that look like in reality, and just started like piecing this story together of this made up person, and then um, I started writing down her story, and along the way, I started realizing I was embedding um, elements of my story as far as, you know, things that we bring in with us, but we tend to leave them at the door because we feel like they're not welcomed in a church, and these are not things that you would bring to church with you. Oh, that's good. So how important is it to um, embrace everything that you have experienced and bring it with you um, when you're coming to Christ? How important is that? I think that that is the most important thing because it, it would be really hard to say that you had this really pivotal moment of salvation or um, just understanding if you're not being true to who you are. Mm. So I think that you really have to be honest about where you've been and where you've, what you've come through, because 
otherwise, I don't know how you can really show the redemption of Christ in your life if you're not showing those parts of yourself. What do you think some of the reasons why people are, some people are hesitant about sharing um, and being open about what they've been through? A hundred percent. I think that that all leads back to Satan. I think that there's a couple of different lies that were told. The number one, I believe, is the shame story that you should feel ashamed of something. Therefore, you shouldn't share it with other people. Mm. And the problem with that is you might be going through something where you've experienced the same thing that I've experienced, but we will never connect on it because we don't talk about it. Wow. I think another problem, maybe not a problem, but another thing that happens, and I think this is this is a, a great thing that's done, but I think sometimes when you're like in a youth situation or even sometimes in the church, the people who are brought in that share their testimonies, they have some really big struggles. So, I mean, I've heard of a lot of people with like um, alcoholism, drug addiction, things like that. And I'm not downplaying that. I think that that definitely plays a huge part. But I think if that's the only thing that you're ever hearing about as far as people having redemptive stories, then you are told, I believe, by the devil, and it really gets embedded in this way, that your story can't possibly be important because it's not as critical And it's not as terrible as some of these other things you're hearing about. Mm -hmm. So then you don't talk about it because yours seems really silly and just not as important, even though your story, it's important because it's your story. Right, right. Bethany, can you share with us um, how your story has um, impacted the lives of others or your experience of sharing your stories with others? Um, So I grew up, in going to church. So that was a big blessing that my parents always had me in church. I grew up in that mentality of, you know, you don't go into church with baggage. You definitely want to be put together. The church I grew up in was very much not accepting of any flaws of anybody. And then my parents got divorced. It was really nasty. And so that became, you know, a piece of my story that I didn't really know how to talk about or how to share just being a child in a situation like that. And then the new family that I was in, this blended family, there was a lot of abuse, but it wasn't physical abuse. It was very like emotional, mental abuse. And that's something that people don't talk about either. When you talk about abuse, people think it's either physical or it's sexual, but they don't go into the other realms. And a lot of kids get looked over because of that. And I was completely bypassed because of that and who my parents were and people just didn't notice it. And because I was raised in church, which I will 100% go back to, was such a blessing, even if it wasn't the best um, church to grow up in, I did always have this strong foundation in Christ. And so when I was going through all of the abuse that I was in, I never, ever, ever felt alone. And I used the church as a sanctuary, which I feel like doesn't happen as often as it should for people. And I reached out there, not necessarily to other people, but to God. 
And then when I went to college, I kind of pulled away because I didn't have the foundation I should have had. It was not really promoted at home. Mm -hmm. My family was always a, the church will teach you. So we don't really need to do that. Gotcha. And that I can honestly say did not set me up well when I was by myself to make choices. And so my entire time that I was in college until the very end, I didn't make great choices because I was purposefully avoiding church because I didn't want to bring baggage into church with me. Mm. I didn't think that was acceptable to do that. Wow. Bethany, you really brought several key, key issues to the forefront. So I have to rewind just a moment because you talked about okay. emotional abuse, which I so agree with you that it is something that is not discussed. You know, we discuss physical abuse as we should. You know, we discuss sexual abuse as we should. But emotional abuse is not, I don't hear anyone discussing it. If you could be a voice for a child right now that is in a situation where they're, they are being emotionally abused by um, a family member, an adult, or even um, a peer, a relative, someone a few years older, what would you say on behalf of that person, on behalf of that child? I would say speaking out about it is very important. Not assuming that people are going to notice. Um, I think I spent a lot of time thinking people would notice because I had like my grades would fail and things like that. But I think you definitely have to say something. You need to find somebody who is trustworthy and you need to speak up and you just don't ever stop telling your truth. No matter how long it takes, you've got to find someone and tell them because the amount of like counseling that I'm having to do now to unpack all of that mm. is so much. What would be some um, indicators that someone may be, um, may be in the in a relationship they're being emotionally abused? Like, what are some things that that they could say? What you know? What this communication is not healthy. This is abusive. How would they be able to tell? Well, so I want to go on a limb and say I'm not a counselor. So um, I don't. I definitely think like approaching a counselor is always the best option. But for me, I had a dramatic grade decrease. So I went from making all A's, maybe a couple of B's. I had a C in math the year that my parents were getting divorced. And that was very unlike me to the next year. And one of my strongest subjects, um, I was failing. And so that should have been a red flag at the school. Yes. That should have been a huge indicator, but that mm -hmm. was missed. Mm -hmm. um, I was, the way that I would be set up before we went into things so that I would be reactive and respond where that was in front of people, but everything else was not. I think that sometimes you need to look at kids and say, okay, well, if they're not always like this and they're only like this around their parents, why is that? I do think that, you know, teenagers get a bad rap for they just don't like their parents and they're just not um, happy about things or they're spoiled and things like that. But I think you can tell 
there are certain parts of your personality that are just parts of your personality. And when you're around your friends and you're around other peers or other adults, if you're not behaving in the same way, then I do think that that's something that needs to be looked into, especially if it's in a church setting. And then the youth pastor, I mean, they should be getting to know the students in the youth group and getting to know them in a way that they're creating a safe space if someone needs to say something. So it should be fairly easy to tell if you have a relationship with somebody, if there's something that they're going through and are they doing a complete 180 of their personality in these moments? And Bethany, I think that's good. Um, that's really a good place to start that you've given us um, with the disclaimer that you're not a counselor, but just from your experience, you know, that's really a good place to start is just, you know, paying attention to those things when things make a, a dramatic turn. Um, what word of encouragement could you give our listeners now who are um, adults living with the after effects of emotional abuse? Could you give any advice to them? I would say counseling has been such a huge thing to me. And counseling is one of those things that in the world we live in today, people either love it or they hate it. And I think it gets a bad rap. I think that you really have to find a counselor that you connect with. I only use Christian counselors because I want somebody bringing me back to Christ and what did, what did God say about this and things like that. But for me, um, it became extremely important to start unpacking things because it was becoming where I couldn't just brush them off and keep living life with them, especially after I had children and I was a parent, then it became harder to not, you know, go down that path with them of, okay, so this is how I treat my kids. Why did my parents not treat me this way? It became so much more obvious and so much more hurtful. And when I started going to counseling, it was really nice because I, I realized that there were things that I was doing that I didn't particularly love about myself or my personality, but they were just responses to all of this stuff I had lived with because I never dealt with it before. Are, are you comfortable with sharing what maybe one or two examples of that? Um, yes, let me think. So I get, I, so I'm very extreme on rule following. Mm. And my husband will tell you, we go to Chick-fil-A every Saturday because he just has an obsession and he gets so frustrated. If we're going to get into a fight on the weekend, it's in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. Okay. And I, it's to the point that um, I pretty much just have to close my eyes. It's so it's a merge situation. You know, Chick-fil-A is like ultra efficient. So they have two drive throughs and they merge together. Well, it, it really is difficult for me because I need him to pay attention and move up and do all the things that you're supposed to do. And I was really frustrated that I have this thing. I can't, you know, if there's not lines to part there I can't do that but we're from a small town so sometimes you go somewhere there's like gravel you park that's just how it is um, so my counselor actually pointed out to me that when you're living in any type of abusive situation 
the more that you can stay within the lines, which is following directions, the less you get noticed and the less that you feel like the abuse is going to center on you. So it's just something that I've always carried with me. And it, my husband is kind of the antithesis of that, where he's just very go with the flow about things. I'm just very not like that yeah. because you can't live vicariously go with the flow, all of these things, if you're living in an abusive situation, because mm. your life changes in a split second constantly. Wow. That's deep. Bethany, um, as our time is wrapping up, you've touched on some very, um, very deep topics. And I know that our listening um, audience is being blessed by what you've said and prayerfully they're thinking and reflecting on um, maybe some work that needs to be done in their own hearts. Could you um, share with us, um, you mentioned that you um, seek out Christian counselors because they can lead you back to Christ. Is there a particular scripture that you have that um, is like your anchor and your go-to scripture that you like to reference? Yes, I really like Isaiah 43 too. And this version that I'm going to read is the New International when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. But when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Bethany, this is incredible. I just want to share with you on a personal note. This is the third time that I've heard this scripture in 12 hours. I love that scripture. Yeah, that is so powerful. Tell me what it means to you when you meditate on that. So to me, it's just completely God. I mean, if you are with God, nothing can touch you. And I'm not talking about, you know, physically, could you still get hurt? Yes. But within the spiritual realm, you are completely protected. And there is nothing that can harm you when you're one of his people. So I look at it that way, like as a child who grew up through all of these things that were harmful, it's so nice to know that now, you know, I have something where I know 100% for a fact that spiritually I will always be protected by Christ and I have a place with him for all eternity and nothing can harm me from that. That is so beautiful. And Bethany, as we wrap up our time together, I wanted us to to just take a moment to talk about the fact that you're an author. You yes. mentioned it at the top of our um, time together. Can you please tell us the names of your books and where we can find them? Yeah, so both of my books are available on Amazon and they are um, in the same series. So the first one, and I actually have this one, is The Journey Home. And this is the beginning of the story, and it centers around uh, four different four different women. So I would say I think everyone would like it, but it is kind of centered more for females. And the second one is called From the Ashes, and I'm working on the third one currently, and each book kind of centers around a different one of the women. And I will tell you they're not they're not super pretty and like all wrapped up there is hard things going on in the women's lives and it's just like reality just because you're a christian does not mean that you don't make mistakes doesn't mean that life doesn't get messy sometimes 
So I don't want anybody to go in thinking that it's just all like pretty and neat and polished and like there are messy things going on in the books. That sounds really good. <laughs> um, Bethany, thank you so much uh, for our time together today. This has been such an encouraging conversation. I want to encourage our listeners to please go to Amazon and, and order your books um, to be encouraged, entertained, enlightened, um, and, and for, you know, forgot to meet them at the pages of your, your fiction series. So we appreciate you sharing that with us. Do you have any last words to share with our listening audience? I think just remember that you are part of a church and it's just as much our responsibility as it is the people leading the church to make sure that the church is what it should be. And we need to make sure everyone feels welcome, no matter what they're bringing in with them. And I really hope to see a shift in the future of, of the church looking that way, instead of looking like this neat polished place that you can't go to until you're healed and ready. That's beautiful. Well, Bethany Rogers, thank you so much for being a guest today on the Circle 31 podcast. We enjoyed having you with us today. Thank you so much. If today's episode was a blessing to you, visit our website at circle31internationalwomensministry.org to follow our podcast, listen to past episodes, and to read our blog. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Thank you for joining us today.